Hello everyone, it is my privilege to be able to share a message with you today. We're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 27 through verse 29. So if you want to turn over and over there, we'll get to that in just a moment. I want to welcome all of you that might be looking in on one of our services for the first time. It's great to have you. I hope that you're, you will see that we're a church that simply wants to go by the Bible and we want to live like Jesus I think that'll be obvious from the lesson today. I also want you to know that Lee and I are praying for you, and we hope that you are doing well. We are about 50 days in to, or more to social distancing, and we especially want to say thank you to all of those essential workers, healthcare providers, um, first responders, because you've made it possible for us to social distance, and we really appreciate that. You know, we are living in a time right now in which the world is changing right before our eyes. And it's a golden opportunity for us to change with the world also. I mean, there are things that we will never look at the same again. Like, I mean, hand sanitizer, just washing your hands. Or even more, toilet paper. I've been preaching for about four decades and I've never held up a roll of toilet paper, but this has new meaning today than it did weeks ago. And there are many things like that in our lives that are just going to be different. They're just going to be different than they've been before. And so we need to understand that we can be different too, that there are things that we can do to change in our lives. And I think that Colossians will help us with that. You know, my grandmother, her generation grew up in the Great Depression, and pretty much that marked her life. Everything that she did, she kept going back and talking about her time in the Great Depression. My dad, it was World War II. In WW2, he joined the Marines, and he went off to fight, and he kept talking about that the rest of his life. For me, I remember the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I remember the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. I remember a man walking on the moon. I remember the social revolution in the late 60s and the early 70s. I remember all that great classic rock that came out of the 60s and how it got sucked into a vortex of disco in the 70s. And I can never understand why. But... Those times shaped me, and for many of you young people today, this will be something, this pandemic will be something that will shape your lives. You'll look back on it, and all of us will have a story. We'll have a story to tell our children or our grandchildren. All of us will. COVID-19, the coronavirus, social distancing, wash your hands, don't touch your face, six feet apart, flatten the curve. These are words and phrases that will live with us forever. When someone sneezes, you might run for cover. Your grandchild sneezes, I'm talking about years from now, and you're like, you, you, you flinch, and they're like, oh, it's okay, Grandpa, it's okay. Um, and you'll be, wash your hands, don't touch your face. We're going to have stories, all kinds of stories, but here's my big question today. What's your spiritual story going to be? Coming out of this, what's your spiritual story going to be? 
And for all of us, we ought to have a spiritual story to tell, a good spiritual story to tell. You know, if you don't know Jesus right now, then get to know him. Read one of the Gospels, get to know him, and let that be your spiritual story. For all of us, um, how did you grow spiritually during the pandemic? We ought to have a story about that. Did we get closer to Jesus? What did we learn from the Bible? What character changes did we make? Stories about how we got closer to our spouses and closer to our children. Stories about the amazing time we had in prayer or the struggles even and how we fought through the struggles so that on the other side, we could help people that were struggling and help people that were, that did go through trauma. But these are stories that we're writing right now. What story are you going to be able to tell? You know, the government and the media right now are both saying that we're at war. We're at war with COVID-19, and we are. But the thing is, as Christians that follow Jesus, we are always at war. We never stop fighting. We're always in battle. And one of the things that I've been grateful for during this time is I've been grateful that I've been reading the book of Colossians. Because Colossians reminds me on every page, practically every paragraph, that I am in a battle. And the thing is, I didn't pick Colossians to read. It picked me. Because almost a year ago, I was working on a syllabus for an intermediate Greek class that I'm teaching right now. It's just ending. And I, in that syllabus, the professor that uh, I have to follow the syllabus because it's his syllabus, even though I'm teaching it, uh, he chose Colossians. I would not have chosen that book. I would have chosen First John. It's easier for the students. I would have chosen that. But he picked Colossians, which I feel like, no, the Holy Spirit picked Colossians for me to be able to read it right now because it's energized me so much during this time. And I feel like the Holy Spirit works that way. I don't know about you, but I feel like the Holy Spirit works in our lives even beforehand to get us to the point where we can look at particular verses to learn in times where we're going to struggle. And I'm thankful to the Holy Spirit, and I want to give him credit for doing this for me. And that's part of my story, is that I'm going to learn more from Colossians during this time than I probably would have in any other time that I studied it. And I'm grateful for that. And another thing about Colossians, Colossians, Paul talks about the spiritual battle, but also in Colossians, he was practicing social distancing because he was in jail. It was forced social distancing, but still it was social distancing. And you know what he did while he was social distancing? Oh, he just wrote Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and Philemon and helped people become Christians and was able to write about joy all while he was social distancing in a Roman jail cell. It's amazing. But as I was reading through that and thinking about that, it really helped me to think, all right, Steve, you're going to come out of this. What are you going to have to say? What story are you going to be able to tell? So let's look at this verse here, and let's focus on this verse and really see what we can learn from the great Apostle Paul. Let's start at 27, but the, the last part of 27. He talks about the mystery to the Gentiles, and then he says, which is Christ in you? This is going to read differently than your Bible, but just follow along. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we, 
proclaim, warning or admonishing. And then I love this, that he repeats the same phrase three times. Every person and teaching. Every person in all wisdom. In order that we might present every person complete, mature, whole in Christ, in which also I labor struggling according to his energy, the energy that he puts in me according to his power. In other words, the energy in which Christ energizes me. That's how he's working to do this. Now, there's a few things that I want us to look at in this awesome scripture here. The first thing is just how he says, you know, this is the mystery to the Gentiles. It's Christ. Paul is battling against mystery cults at this time. And the mystery cults were basically a, a, a religious group amongst the Greeks that in order to really understand their secrets and their mysteries, you had to be a part of them for a long time. They held back the secrets and they held back the answers and they held back the mysteries. And then when you paid enough money or you were there long enough and you were truly initiated, then they'd start revealing things to you. But Paul didn't work that way. He didn't operate that way. Instead, Paul was just up front. He said, you want to know the, you want to know the secret to Christianity? It's Jesus. You want to know the secret to life? It's Jesus. You want to know the secret to joy in the midst of trials? It's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. So the first thing he does, he answers the question, who? It's not, it's not a thing that makes us happy. It's not a thing that makes us secure. It's who? It's Jesus. And that's where he starts. That's the mystery to the Gentiles. It is Christ. And then he goes from the who to the second thing. And the second thing is how. How are we going to be ready for the spiritual warfare? Well, and how are we going to put Christ into our lives? He says it's through admonishing or warning. It's through teaching. And it's also through presenting everyone mature in Christ. Three things, and I don't have time to break down all three, but I'll just say this. Teaching is so important. And the idea of hearing good preaching, the admonishing and the, the nurturing that comes from that is so important. And presenting people in Christ, having good relationships, that's so important. And so we need to think about, okay, how are we going to change how are we going to take this opportunity and get a story out of it that we're, where we're going to do well spiritually? You got to get some good teaching and you got to get some good preaching and some good nurturing. And you have to have some good people in your life, even though it might be from a distance. They ought to still be there. And let me tell you, there's a lot of good things to listen to right now. People are producing some really good lessons. And I encourage you to not just Go to those lessons, but get in the Bible yourself. I've learned so much from the book of Colossians, even though I'd already done a major study on it. I came back to it, and I'm learning things now that I've never seen before. And that's the beautiful thing about the Bible, is you can read it a hundred times, and it will always be fresh. There's always something new to learn from God's Word. And so get in the Word, or, or get into some great video lessons and learn Go to that teaching, and that'll help you to become mature. Which brings me to the third point. And the third point is, is what or why. The what or the why is to become mature in Christ. 
And why is it what or why? Well, it describes what we need to become, maturing Christ. But that also is the motivation. And you got to answer that question, why? You can't leave that question alone. It's a short little word, three letters, but it's one of the most important words in life. Why? Well, that's the motivation, because we want to become like Jesus, because we want to be mature in Christ. And wouldn't it be great to come out on the other side of this pandemic saying, you know what? I have grown. I am more mature in Christ. And that motivates us to get into that teaching and to listen to the preaching and to listen and, and, and talk to people and be involved because it's going to help us to grow to be more like Jesus. You know, Brene Brown says this, talking about the crisis. She says, a crisis highlights all of our fault lines. We can pretend that we have nothing to learn or we can take this opportunity to own the truth and make a better future for ourselves and for others. And I love that. We can take this opportunity to make a better future for ourselves and for other people, but we have to own that. And sometimes we feel stuck or paralyzed. And what do we do about that? When I, I, you know, what happens when you sit on your leg too long and you, you know, put it to sleep a little bit and then you try to get up. Well, your leg's frozen and you got these pins and needles. It's horrible, right? Pins and needle, needles shooting up and down your leg. And what do you do? Well, you just have to, you have to move it. That's, that's the only choice you have. You have to rub it out. You have to stretch it out. You have to move it. You have to stand on it. You have to walk on it. And simply by moving, it will become unstuck. And some of us might feel stuck right now. I get that, that you might feel that way, okay? And if you do, start moving. Start moving to the Word. Start moving to prayer. Start moving to a good conversation with someone. Start moving and find that there's this opportunity ahead of you. In the Shawshank Redemption, there's this wonderful quote, if we're not living, then we're dying. We need to live right now. And we need to see that Let's, let's change and take an opportunity to change right now. The fourth thing is, he goes back to who again? He starts with who? Jesus. And he closes out with who? Jesus. He says, I'm working here. I'm working to help you mature. But you know what? I'm doing it with his energy. And that, that's literally what he says. I'm doing it with his energy and it's powerful. He uses that word powerful. And I appreciate that about Paul is that he was working and he was working hard to help people but he wasn't doing it on his own. He was doing it with the energy of Christ, which shows me that that's what I need to do also. It's about Jesus. To become like Jesus, we need the help of Jesus. But the big lesson for today is let's become more like Christ during this time so that we'll have a story about our spiritual growth from this. We're all different. We have different personalities, different jobs, different roles. But one thing we do have in common, we are spiritual beings. We've been made by God, and we will find rest and peace only in Jesus. So we're going to grow, then we have to grow in Jesus. So whatever you're doing right now, do it with Jesus. If you're a doctor or a nurse, then show the love of Jesus to your patients. If you're a bus driver, share the love of Jesus with everyone. If you're a parent at home with small children, Bless your children with the presence of Jesus in your house. 
If you are practicing social distancing, find some time just to learn to become more like Jesus. You know, shine some light in the world around you. I've been walking in my neighborhood, practicing social distancing while I do it, and I started noticing there were these little painted rocks. And I want to show you a few of them because they've really encouraged me. Somebody took the time just to paint some slogans on rocks, and it's really helped me and brightened my day as I've walked around the neighborhood seeing these and just she, he or she put them at the trunk of a tree. They might be from a child. They might be from an adult, but someone with a childlike heart for sure. So some of the ones that I've seen is love more, worry less. That's awesome. I love that. Another one says look for the helpers. Now that's a little scary. That sounds like a Stephen King story to me, but nevertheless. The next one says, be the light. Yes, be the light. Keep the faith. Yes, let's do that. This too shall pass. Slow and steady. That's what wins the race, right? Slow and steady. And then the next one, you got a friend in me. Boom, boom, boom. You got a friend in me. Oh, Randy Newman's going to sue whoever did this, not me, whoever did this for um, copyright infringement there. But I love that with the clouds and it's so beautiful. Another one, my personal favorite, open a book. I take that as a direct command and I open a book every day just because that rock tells me to. A couple more, be brave. And then the last one is love the world. These rocks lift my spirit. And it's just somebody adding light to the world. Someday I, I hope to be able to meet this person and just to say thanks. And if we're allowed to shake hands by that point, to shake their hand and say, you lifted my spirit during a dark time. And that's what we all ought to be doing. Let's ask ourselves, what can we do today, this week, this month, to brighten the lives of other people? And that way, we'll become more like Jesus. My encouragement for you today is focus on Jesus. Strive to think like Jesus. Strive to act like Jesus. Take on the attitude of Christ. Be like Christ. And perhaps even after this service has ended, you can spend a little time just reflecting on how you want to be more like Jesus in the days ahead. We're going to take the communion right now. This bread represents the body of Christ, this fruit of the vine. It represents his blood. So let's pray, and then we'll have some time just focusing and reflecting on Christ. Dear God and Father, we thank you for this bread and for this fruit of the vine, and we thank you for the body and the blood of Christ. We thank you for his willingness to die on the cross for our sins. Help us every single day to live like him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.